Dear Gwit, it's Misha, Mukara, Bukili Bo Quivino Mahuna. Hello there, it's me, your friend, Cowboy Kevin Mahan. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of the Attitude Podcast. We're going to be talking about Tough Enough, episodes 1 to 3 of the original season 1 from 2001. It is, of course, available on the network, so I do implore you to check it out before you listen to today's episode. In the meanwhile, just to let you guys know, if you want access to some more content, and I mean there is a lot of content there, head over to Patreon dot com slash ae podcast support your pals and get access to a bevy of amazing exclusive bonus podcasts and videos become a five dollar backer now and get access to adam and i's book reports did you like the Kane episode that was released a few weeks ago well there are more book reports available over on our patreon page as well as 25 episodes plus of the smackdown crawl and as well exclusive sneak peeks of things like our photo slam video our first ever full video 20 20 plus minutes of me and Adam playing with the photo slam software edited by Adam. It's one of the funniest, most amazing things that he has ever made. Thanks to everyone who supported the Attitude Era podcast on Patreon. Support for as little or as long as you like. You'll still get access to the content that's available. Become a $5 backer now. Get access to all of this good content and support Kevin, Adam and Billy in making season three of the Attitude Era podcast. Enjoy this episode. It's now time for Tough Enough. Hello everyone and welcome to the Attitude Era Podcast. Bono, Tough Enough-o, episode 1 to 3 special edition. However, once again, it's me, Cowboy Kevin Mahan. And I certainly am tough enough, but am I big enough? Joined as I am always by my cohorts, comrades and colleagues. First of all, to my right, Mr. Adam Bibolo. Hello there, Kevin. I'm uh, really excited to talk about Tough Enough. How about you? I'm good. I'm, I'm excited. But before we get into it, I want to talk about something really quick. I'm a little bit annoyed yeah. that Billy isn't wearing pyjamas today, despite the fact that he stayed over last night. And it's become more of a tradition lately that you guys will wear pyjamas. Yeah. I'm just a little bit annoyed that Billy left out, because not to throw you under the bus or anything. Whoa! What, what, like, what have we got? <laughs> you know when... Uh, <laughs> When Tajiri took off his top to reveal the ECW underneath. <laughs> oh my god, he's been in the pajama world order the whole damn time! Here's a little fact for you. During yesterday's recording, the whole time I was wearing pajamas, but because I was expecting both of you to be in them as well, and then I'd do the reveal. So yesterday I was very warm for nothing. <laughs> well Adam, I've got something to show you. I'm good. Oh, I wish. I yeah. wish. I, I could edit in pajama changing noises if you want, Billy. You know, I'll, I'll, help, I'll help you save face, man. Well, hey, Adam, how are you doing? Huh? I'm good. Yeah, yeah it's good. good. The, the, high yeah. five. Yeah. Getting on better than usual today. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah, you're looking good. You working out? Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> what are you doing here? And uh, to my left, he's bad man, Billy Keeble. <laughs> Hello. You all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Good. <laughs> uh, now that that's out of the way <laughs> so tough enough I must ask you gentlemen I wonder what your memories are of WWF's first ever foray into the world of reality television uh, had you seen this original season before or had you memories of it uh, Adam I watched like two episodes at the time I think the fact was it was just I was never around when it was on we didn't have anything we could tape it on so I just never would catch it I saw it a little bit as a kid, I found it kind of boring, 
And then, was it two or three years ago when they rebooted it? Yeah. Me and my partner watched it all the way through and were like, this is fucking atrocious trash. Let's go back to the first one and see how that was. And then watch the whole thing in like a week and became obsessed with it again. Yeah, God, that news tough enough. The one where it started off with Hogan and then Jericho came in. And like every episode was just like everyone in a hot tub telling each other they hated each other. And yeah. Patrick Clark's in there like, come on, can we just give me a contract already? And Get out. Yeah. the show. <laughs> Billy, tough enough memories. Have you got any? No, this is literally the first time I've watched any uh, incarnation of Tough Enough. Oh, wow. This is interesting because Tough Enough, I don't think there's anything WF have ever done that has had such inconsistent quality. Mm. Because Tough Enough Season 1 and I think Season 2 are considered generally to be really good reality TV and don't get me wrong folks you're going reality television and your monocle has fallen into your champagne glass <laughs> we are fully we're fully all of the opinion here the reality TV is trash but the good kind of trash yes you know as in I could watch nine episodes of Tough Enough on a Sunday morning and be absolutely fine with it it's the equivalent of having a whole multi bag of crisps in one go like you feel like shit doing it but it is nice and in the long run it's better for you that way like so <laughs> uh, as I've been led to believe but Tough Tough Enough Season 1 and 2, very, very good TV. Tough Enough Season 3, I remember being a bit shaky. Then Tough Enough Season 4 was on SmackDown. That was one which was actually just live segments on SmackDown, which yeah. included things like Al Snow making Ryback dress up like a girl and The Miz debuting, etc. It was absolute travesty. The only fun thing about that was the boogeyman was on it and uh, he lied about his age. He said he was like, I'm 29. And it's like, he was actually 47. <laughs> and they, they were literally there waving his birth in front of him going, how old are you, Mark? And he's like, I'm 29. <laughs> With tears in his eyes. <laughs> it worked out well for him in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I got to eat some worms. And then, of course, we had the uh, really atrocious reboot of Tough Enough, which went back onto TV, which I think they, in their minds, can always blame on, oh, the Hulk Hogan controversy cut the legs out from underneath it. But that season of Tough Enough, that came out when uh, Joe from How To Wrestling first started watching. And she thought Chris Jericho, she had no experience with him other than hosting that show, she thought he was the biggest cock and balls in wrestling, like, because he was so cheesy and so, hey guys, come on in the ring, let's see what we're all about. So we're going back to basics, back to formula, June 2001, King of the Ring is just in the books, and MTV and WWF are working together once again. It's just like rock and wrestling all over again. We start things off on episode one with a bunch of superstars giving us a little bit of hype up about what we can expect. You ever wonder what it's like to be a WWF superstar? For most of us, it takes several years to earn the right to call ourselves WWF superstars. On WWF Tough Enough, 13 very lucky men and women will be given the chance to see if they have what it takes. Two people will actually win WWF Superstar contracts. This is a hell of an opportunity. They better not take it lightly. We don't. And that's why we'll all have a hand in their training. And it all started by sending in a three-minute video. Kurt Angle says, you ever wonder what it's like to be a WWF superstar? And there I am, 12, going, I bet it's fun. <laughs> 
Well, you think it's fun because all these superstars are going like, it's a life on the road. You know, you're using your body the way it's not meant to be used. And then like everyone's just saying these things and it cuts to Triple H and he's by himself leaning against the production <laughs> truck and then he looks at the camera like, you think you can be a fucking superstar? <laughs> you haven't got what a goddamn takes. It's all, like, literally what they're saying isn't positive. It's just the way they're saying it. Mm. Like, just take the exact same thing as like, it's a, it's a life on the road. Using your body like it's not supposed to be used. Yeah, but the way that they're saying it, yeah. they're saying the exact same thing, but in it just a positive inflection. You don't get to see your family at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's the West Wing effect though, isn't it? Anything that is said while moving forward towards the camera with people beside you <laughs> is automatically okay. In a darkened room though, Billy, all of this stuff is gonna be very, very dark indeed. For instance, the Hardy Boys going, for most of us, it takes several years to get to the WWF, and then it cuts to Chris Jericho through gritted teeth. But 13 lucky competitors <laughs> will have the chance to go past all of that. They won't have to pay any dues at all, will they? <laughs> no! <laughs> the boys are so fucking bitter. Yes. And some of them outright admit to being bitter <laughs> yeah. on this. Triple H, I think, is a great foil here because Triple H is just after like having his injury. Like this is obviously recorded before then. Mm. But you know, Triple H, I think May two thousand one was when he had the quad tear, the one that takes him out for all of Invasion. So him telling you it's not fun does ring true. Get a little bit of a China spotting as well. Mm -hmm. I think this actually might be her last official appearance on WWE programming. God damn, Be really? Because she, Judgment Day 2001, she defended the women's belt against Lita. Mm -hmm. That was when China went through her phase where she wore a beanie hat and then she disappeared. Is that when she was dressed like a peacock as well in her match? Uh, that was, yeah, around that time as well she would uh, have the ridiculous over-the-top kind of entrancey type things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she had the peacock at one of the pay-per-views. And then she just disappeared with the women's belt. Which I must say, when we get later into the invasion, because I think it's Survivor Series, they're like, oh yeah, let's bring back the women's belt. I can't wait to hear what their excuse is. Because yeah. literally it was just China had it, and China resented having it, and she fucked off, and they didn't write it in until six months later. So, <laughs> can't wait to see what happens there. But China, take it from her, being a superstar is fucking great. Now where's the fucking door? Oh. <laughs> Undertaker <laughs> didn't really have much... Uh, Umption with his little bit here. It all starts with a three-minute video. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little bit of a hodgepodge here now of all these different videos. Well, my name is Josh Lambert, and why do I want to be a WWE wrestler? Cringe. Yeah. It's like a mix of clips for sale videos and YouTube shoots. It's really weird. It's like people rolling around on their bed, taking off their tops, and then shouting aggressively into low-res microphones and cameras. My favourite was champagne. <laughs> 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 you are nothing more than a champagne. <laughs> Josh Matthews is here. I just remembered straight away. Like... Did not. It took me so fucking long to recognise it was Josh Matthews. <laughs> really? Literally, it got to the point where we get our, our guys that we're going to be following, and then I was like, I'm not, never going to remember these guys' names. So I went on Wikipedia and just went and copied and pasted over the, the finalists. Mm. And then it was just like, Josh, I mean, what's his, what's his shoot surname? Uh, Lomberger. 
Long, Josh Lomberger. Long, we call them hot dogs, mate. Oh, sorry, it's Lomberger, not Longburger. Lomberger. Okay. And then it just said in brackets, Josh Matthews. I was just like, wait, that's little Josh. Yeah. Like, it took me. It took. I was been maybe the second episode when I realised it's because you didn't recognise his voice when it hasn't been lowered down artificially, mm. like. Or if he, <laughs> I'd have, I'd recognise him if he'd been possessed by the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. And in a week from Sunday, you and The Undertaker step inside Hell in a Cell and... Re- Enjoying the ride, Randy. <laughs> Cameras sucked back then, didn't they? Yes, really bad. Really bad. So they got 4,000 tapes, 230 were shortlisted, and there's going to be 25 taken down to the semi-finals, and then we'll have a final 13 is the plan. And it all starts at WWF New York. I love the uh, the 90s vibe to all this, even though it's 2001. Yeah. <laughs> we meet some of the people who were, who were auditioning today, and there was one guy that caught my eye, and I, I wasn't too keen on him. He was the guy who said that his dream was to meet dying children. Oh God, yeah. Like, he was the guy. He's like, he, he like, didn't really say anything about being wrestler. He's uh, being a wrestler. He just said, "I want to be famous, so de- dying kids want to meet me." That's his dream. <laughs> Specifically, he said, "I want a kid dying of cancer to want to meet me." The fuck are you, tobacco? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would lie to a kid like you, would I? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you just stood there in the ring like, oh, what's your name? Is like, oh, where's the dying children? I beg your pardon? Where's the dying children? Where are they? Start <laughs> <laughs> a feud with Cena. This is a gay crash, all the help, all the make-a-wish things like, you know, you want to meet me instead? <laughs> there are so few people who have a star look here. Mm. Yeah. And it's patently obvious when we're looking at the couple hundred people here in WF New York that it's like, let's bring some freaks as well. You know, there are people here who are for lack of a better term, look like they're a couple of years away from a grave. Mm. Like, there are some seriously unwell-looking people here who look like they have no business being an arsist or of anything athletic or wrestling, and they're going to make them fucking take their tops off and jump around. Like, And they're like, well, I guess I can be a WWF superstar. I guess my fucking video was that good <laughs> that they overlooked all my obvious fucking flaws and drawbacks. <laughs> there are some failed models psychopaths and uh, those kind of scary people who look like slightly in too good a shape but there's something missing behind the eyes we've got a mixture of judges MTV judges who don't get names Al Snow Taz Jacqueline Kevin Son of the Dunn and of course Big TNA John Gaborik Does anyone here uh, know who the Kevin Dunn is? Kevin Dunn? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's um, Vince McMahon's longtime director, mm-hmm. head of production. Like, director he's the guy and producer, who, basically. Yeah, yeah, he makes WWE look shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, he is the one that everyone always points the finger at whenever you're complaining about the production values or how it's directed. They always say it's down to Dunn. It's like, there's two things about him. It's like, one is he is probably responsible for most of the things that irritate you about WWE programming in terms of how it looks. But he's also probably responsible for if you went and you watched a WCW show and went, oh, why the fuck aren't they doing that? And you kind of take for granted a lot of the things yeah. I think that he does well. It's interesting here, this is like the only time you see Kevin Dunn speak on camera. Mm. Um, he doesn't even, he's so self-conscious. On the WWE corporate page, he doesn't have a profile picture. He's wow. the only one who doesn't. It's all the board of directors and all the uh, higher-ups and officers. And it's just like a blank image for him. Now, Jim Cornette has issues with Kevin Dunn. 
because he's got buck teeth. Yeah. And that's a bad thing. That is the reason to hate that guy if there ever was one. <laughs> Not the crash zooms or anything no. like that. Al Snow is so fucking weird in this. Yes. Show us your physique. Duh, Al, I don't want to show you my physique. He can't decide if he wants to be the nice, like, I'm going to give you a shot, or if he wants to be the asshole, prove, yeah. it to me, you know, prove yourself to me. Like, I think they make it up as they go along. Yeah. And also as well, like, why do they like tell you, like, here's Al Snow and Jacqueline, but they don't point out like who's there as well, like Mick Foley and Michael Cole. Seriously, yeah. Who honestly deserve names more than John Gaborik. <laughs> John Gaborik, who went on to like run TNA basically in recent years, he was a backstage guy at WWF for many many years, and I think he was literally like in TNA he was hired because like oh it's good to have a WWE guy around, and then like everyone left, and now he's like running the things. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> John he seems like a nice guy though. Yeah, he, does, he seems like a fairly nice dude. I've heard that he's like TNA. There's a lot of horror stories coming out about like pretty much anyone who has a whiff of power. So I guess mm. it's like a poison chalice. Mm. I guess. Jackie tells this guy who's a Christian to strip down. Uh, mm. I immediately don't like this guy, Chris, who identifies as being from the Bible Belt and uh, something not too, uh, not too right about this guy. He's, I don't think he's a Christian. He's young, he's good looking, he's a Christian from the Bible Belt and he works out five times a day, apparently. Masturbating doesn't count, Chris. Yeah. Okay. You're a fucking phony, mate. Nidia, who uh, goes on to become a WWE uh, wrestler, who was on the roster for a few years, also dated X-Pac at one point. Oh, no. Uh, she's made to do some jump rope, and she seems like she's doing well before Randy Jacqueline goes, yeah, you got a pop belly though, don't you? And she's like, yeah, I do. Sorry. That is literally like you can't win with the judges. No. Like, if you do exactly what they want you to do, they will still find something to be shitty about. Is it Nidia who gets gassed after 30 seconds and Taz, like, kicks off big time? Or is that someone else? Oh, that's someone else. That's someone else. Yeah. All right. Greg is the second best runner-up loser. Most of the tasks that these guys have to do are demeaning. And there is just like non-stop footage of like all these... I'd say out of the 230, at least 150 of them are like, ha ha ha, let's get these freaks on. Like they do in X Factor and all these things. You yeah. know, where it's like, mm. let's bring out the fucking human parade of misery. It was weird as well, because when we actually meet Josh Matthews... He's like the only person who, whose parents get interviewed. They knew, obviously, which families they wanted to include yeah. for the finalists. Josh's uh, parents didn't really come off that well, because his mum just goes, well, Josh isn't going to be stone cold, but we'll see. Supportive. <laughs> she called said, he's no stone cold whatever you call it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. So fucking horrible. Al calls a lot of the people who we mentioned there uh, dreamers. Yes. Yeah. Which means that they're the people who watch wrestling, love it, probably know loads about it, but their love of it and their passion for it overshadows their fact that they can't do it. Mm -hmm. And they'll never be able to do it, in Al's opinion. So, thanks for calling them all in here today, Al. <laughs> if only you had some sort of video to kind of prejudge them before you shortlist them. Oh, what's that you did? God, if these are the 230 that made it, can you imagine the fucking 3,000 some yeah. hundred that didn't? <laughs> I will say, out of everyone that we see in this opening audition, there is one person that sounds head and shoulders above the rest, and I'm sure you agree. The Evil Custodian. Speak into the microphone and begin whenever you're ready. Okay, my character's called the Evil Custodian. <clears throat> Nobody loves the custodian. I come and I sweep and vacuum for you when you're in the mood to go to the bathroom. I even disinfect it for you. This is the thanks I get. All who defy me shall be disinfected. 
Who would have been so fucking over in the new gen era, like fucking perfect. Nobody loves the custodian. He's amazing. Taz and Snow like breaking like immediately as soon as they hear that, just spitting their drinks everywhere. Yeah. Really sold it for me. You could tell they wanted to hate him and piss all over it, but they were actually genuinely stunned by how good the guy was. They're also stunned as well when a lady who's doing jump rope, her hair just randomly fell out. Yeah. <laughs> we meet William as well, who has like the definitive winner's story. Of like he's destined to win this doesn't get through this round. <laughs> yeah, that's really sad actually because they put so much focus on him yeah. in this episode. He's telling that his dad died and he had to fight off a bunch of gang members to get his brother out of the gang. Mm-hmm. And, like, and he's got one eye. Mm. As they go into him and just like literally go, will William get there? No, <laughs> no, no. Maybe tough enough season two. No. Well, they, they do a thing where it's literally like he gets a phone call and it's like, oh, his brother needs helping at the courthouse or something. Yeah. I can't remember where his brother is, but he's in trouble. And he's yeah, like, they need him. Like, does it make me selfish if I leave this or if I stay here at the audition because this is my dream, or should I go and be with my brother? And I'm watching it like, oh, come on, dude, stay there. Don't leave now. And, and he, he does, does stay. He doesn't go to save his brother. It's like, yes! He didn't get through, though. So his brother probably ended up in deep trouble and the guy didn't get a contract. So. Double whammy, like. Yeah. <laughs> Taz has a big speech where he says he's looking for a winner, he's looking for that certain something. And it's great, because as he's doing it's like, look at the idiot behind me over here. I'm not even watching, but I know he's bad. But he's saying that he had difficulties because of his size, and he's 5'9". And he says, look, there's a lot of guys here who are also small, and he doesn't think that they're going to be able to overcome the stuff that he had to overcome, which is fair point, mm-hmm. you know? And that's where they kind of start pointing to Josh as being, like, one of the ones to watch in the whole competition. Because Josh is, like, when he comes in the ring, he's, like, flipping over the top, like, he already has a wrestling ring. Mm-hmm. Josh is kind of, like, the kid that most kids watching wrestling would hope to be when they grow up to be, like, mm-hmm. in their 20s or whatever. God, the haircuts and tattoos and this fucking group of people. Honestly, yeah. it's so fucking dated. It's hilarious. I will say my favourite person who auditioned has to be Tara, a.k.a. Tarable. I have no problem intimidating people. I have no problem being bitchy. I have no problem being nice. I have no problem being naughty. And quite frankly, you guys would be losing out if you didn't pick me. And the WWF is missing one thing. They're missing a big bitch like me. Yeah. <laughs> Who starts off going, I don't know, I'm feeling kind of inadequate. I don't know if I could do it. Then she comes into the ring and like, Hi, I'm Tara. And they call me Terrible. And the WWF is a big bitch. <laughs> it's me. I'm going to be such a fucking bitch. Everyone's going to hate me. Oh, God. <laughs> and like, she's great. She's got natural charisma. Does she? She's got a great look. And I, some of the people, when it comes to the gimmicks, they don't seem to have like a handbook as to what we're looking for. Because if someone comes in, it's like, I've got a character that I've developed, like the evil custodian or whatever. Or there's like a guy who pretends to be like Vince's son as well. Yeah, he's really over the top. Yeah, anytime anyone has like a pre-made thing like that, it's already a death sentence. Because like, oh, can you believe this goof over here? Who's like, I'm just yeah. doing Taz every time. Like, it's basically him. But if you don't give them anything, they're going to yeah. be like, oh, he's got no personality. Yeah. You cannot win with them. I saw I spotted a girl as well who had big fake book teeth in and like a fake baby bump. 
What? Like she was in there, and she was like big fake, like like uh, I don't know, like some white trash character that she was working. Oh on. Oh my god! Like big fake baby bump, big buck teeth. It looked cringe as hell. That is so I, hard. I seriously found the first episode so difficult to watch. It was really like, hard. It's like stuff like the the first couple of weeks of stuff like X Factor, yeah. Britain's yes. Got Talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really can't watch stuff like that. I find it too cringe. Maybe I have to leave the room. I used to find that it. stuff hilarious when I was like 16, 17 I thought that I like never like rewatched X Factor, but I would mm. always watch watch the clips of people fucking yeah. up like and thinking ah this is the greatest thing but as I've grown older I don't know like I've got a little bit more empathy or whatever but it's just oh it's so sad when you see these people here and at least it's not like you know if you can sing I'm sure you've got mates who'll be like oh well you know they sing at parties they can do karaoke but if you're like I'm going to be a wrestler no one in your life is going to be like think that's something of value yeah. pretty much like yeah. everyone here their parents are running them down so and they're coming here and then they're being humiliated on top of that they go back to nothing like William the guy who's got the fucking troubled upbringing he gets up there and he's like you know talking about his horrible life he's had to go through and all the adversity he's overcome and Al just goes yeah, it says here in your um, in your application that your dad's dead. Talk about that. Whoa! Tact. Real good. A very peculiar montage, which I think was made just for Vince McMahon, which is a compilation of bouncing breasts and bouncing overweight men's breasts. Yeah. So it's like kind of, ha-ha, sexy, ha-ha, funny, uh, all mixed in together. It's yeah. just... Because no. this is where we meet Bobby Joe, who yes. fully admits she doesn't like wrestling. She wants to use this as a stepping stone for Playboy. I fucking hated Bobby Joe so mm-hmm. fucking much. I love having big breasts. <laughs> what sort of a thing is that to say? Like, Jason, who's got a girlfriend at home, is a total fucking stud. And he's there kind of going, yep, this is my dream. It's more than anything. You met your girl recently, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, she's great. How about if you don't see her for 13 weeks? It's my dream and straight away you can see ooh cuts him talking about it he's like yeah I've been going out with her it's great I've never had anything like this in my life before I love having emotions oh Jason Dennis Reynolds over here (laughs) Jason I feel bad for because Jason is like out of all of them he's the big even everyone in this tryout even Mm. he's the biggest he's got like the body you look at and you go that guy Vincent Mann's got a cream over he'll be in a fucking tank team with Albert in a week you know Big dude. Him and Greg. And I oh think. man, he just, he feels so like, you could tell he's sad and he's unsure of himself. And he's like that guy who in uh, Pumping Iron, who like after getting dumped on prom night, just ran out on the track and started running laps for like hours and hours. Going, oh. And then I'll promise I'll never be a weakling again. Ah. Kevin Dunn sounds like a pug at times when he's talking. You know that? <laughs> He's a, I think it's very very cruel the way they breed Kevin Dunn's <laughs> the, uh, the nasal passages shortening it's cruelty it's it's an animal rights issue waiting to happen get a montage of some promos Maven comes in and he has got inherent charisma little wink at Jackie yeah, very very chill mm. very laid back I think he's the only person who feels like he's comfortable in his own skin. Mm. And Al also makes the point, he seems to be the only one who actually looks like a wrestler as well. (laughs) I got, not the Rock vibes off him, but I got Dwayne Johnson vibes off him. Yeah. Hey, I'm Maven, you know, how you doing? Let's talk, let's do some hashtags. You know, BTA Monday, you know, that kind of a thing. Stacey from Australia has got a very sad story. She sold her BMW to be here. She was okay as well, though. She was pretty good. She is 
it's so sad because she like clearly had her fucking heart set on wrestling from the time she was in diapers like she's clearly a lifelong fan she has the look that they're looking for yeah clearly and then the MTV guy turns around and goes yeah she's a bit long in the tooth for our network though do you know how old she was 27 fuck off long in the tooth he's fucking kidding me fucking grotesque that's so unfair because like you say she obviously was a lifelong fan and she knew what WWF were after as well like she was like talking about her breasts but there was a look on her face where it's like I'm just saying this because I know that's what they want yeah exactly like means to an end almost it's okay we'll 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 never see her now again now that she's been told she's not going to get in Uh, don't worry though Bobby Joe I'm sure she'll do well she's a solid choice Daryl of Smelly Shorts fame yes <laughs> he is obviously a, a kindred spirit to Terrible because he is also out of breath mm. how do you get some people get gassed in their promo what is that all about Tom comes in he's all denim head to toe Canadian tuxedo I've been a rock star a movie star I'm so sexy and everyone laughs at him yeah uh, trying to be a heel right <laughs> Right? Again, just Dennis Reynolds. See, we need something to be sexy! Don't you see? Look at me! <laughs> Get the character showcase. Taz gets wind that some people are tired and a bit annoyed. So he is not having any of this. I would be so scared if I was in this green room now. I would be so scared. Okay, they've been there in WF New York since 6am. And Taz goes, it's around 2.33pm now. And people said when they were queuing up, like, because people have come from Texas, they've come from oh, fucking Australia, for fuck's sake, literally all over the world and all over the country. There's people who've been there since 2 a.m. in the morning. Now, nerves are one thing, but sitting around and waiting yeah. for fucking 12... Like, we had to wait an hour or so before we did our live show, and it was, like, fucking, like, oh, this is the worst, guys. Didn't have no fucking Taz coming and kicking us out, like, or that shit. It was horrid. It just comes in, and, like, there's a girl who's, like, literally falling asleep. It's like, you, honey, get out. You're eliminated. Yeah. Could have been the next top WWE superstar, but fine, that's grand. Taz says he will break the contestants down physically and then mentally. So there you go. Well, he's very honest. Very, very honest. He said he's bitter as fuck about all the shortcuts these kids are being given. He had to work for 10 years to get to WWE. Yeah, I think that's... it's it's. I think he's got a point, like... Oh, he does. You know. I was just amazed that he was going to be so honest to the camera like this. Because he even says that he is bitter as hell, and he's definitely going to exploit it on them physically. <laughs> just, Jesus. This guy, he bitter as hell one second, broadcasting the <laughs> Christopher Nowinski. Yeah. Harvard Zone. I got to see Christopher Nowinski when I was at WrestleMania. He just impromptu was walking past. Uh, there was a signing going on. We're all queuing to get in. He's like, oh, hey, guys, I'm Christopher Nowinski. Do you want to know about all my research? And he was like, yeah, okay. And he's like, a little circle of people formed around him. He's like, here's what we're doing. We're learning about concussions and da da da. It's fucking awesome. He is doing great work. Yeah. And he's a man whose career was cut so short and he clearly got it. He got everything about wrestling. Mm. Do you ever see the injury which took Nowinski out forever? No. He was getting a double drop kick. I think it was Edge and Mysterio or Edge and Jericho, something like that, in a rumble. And they were both meant to 
jump off at the same time and give him a double drop kick off the top rope. And that's fucking scary. Mm. What of course happens is he gets one drop kick, falls down, the other person just lands leg first, right on his head. Yeah. And he gets concussion and he has to retire like a year into his career. Fucking hell. And this lad is like serious blue chipper right here. I will say, he's got a bit of an edge over everyone. He's been trained by Killer Kowalski. Yeah, he's like literally the only person there who's had any training. It's only like three or six months they say, but Kowalski trained Triple H and a shitload of W WBF guys so it's like he's one of the like him and Dory Funk Jr. would be the two kind of like if WWE here you've been trained by them at the time they're like oh okay we know you're good then because mm. they tra- they trained the right style so he's totally in there did you notice uh, who also made a brief appearance never been in WWE ODB uh, yeah he was there fucking so young looking and had the same character back then yeah that's awesome I love ODB it's great my favourite ODB moment has to be when she debuted in TNA and Don West who was on pay-per-view was like well we're on pay-per-view now so we can say it but people don't know when Mike would say ODB but she mean it means one dirty bitch (laughs) (laughs) you have got to be kidding me (laughs) next day we're down to 25 Daryl is a last minute change he's not going to be like they're kind of looking at their board they're happy with everyone and they decide last minute okay let's put Daryl in there and Big John says because you know having a big guy in there that's not a bad idea kick themselves within five minutes yep a lot of tears really sad this moment here we find out as well that they're going to pick eight men and five women. Yeah. What's that all about? I don't know. You could, because you could, you know, even if you're going to have more men than women, you could have seven men and six women. But eight and five. I'm not sure, because they've already said there's going to be a male winner and a female winner. Yeah. So. But there's only five women to compete, whereas there's eight men. And they're both competing for the same spot, so. Just, when I saw that poor lady from Australia, fucking oh. tears. They, I, I find it bizarre that she was cut, but they'd still let her in the building. Yeah, so because then- she was so despondent, I think the producer's like, it's okay, you're just a bit long in the tooth, that's oh. all. Now, why don't you go back to Australia and drive around in that BM2... To- oh, no, you can't though, can you? You're stuck here now, aren't you? You've used all your money, you can't get back. God. You didn't buy a return, did you? Because you thought you were getting this. Hey, though, Australia's nice, isn't it? Big Shame you'll never be seeing it again. Like. <laughs> I hear it's good, though. Vegemite is from there, isn't it? It's nice. She's proper not happy that Bobby Joe... No, and I don't yeah. think anyone should be happy that Bobby yeah. Joe got in. Like WWE have never, I think, been as blatant as they are here, where it's like, here's a fucking someone with passion and uh, knowledge and uh, fandom and the luck. Here's someone who's like, I don't, I will be terrible at everything other than Playboy, but I want to do Playboy. Yeah, all right, go on then. Mm-hmm. She like, do Bobby Joe, like, and her brother was just like, I like wrestling. Will you do this for me? And she's like, oh, okay. And then she got picks. Like, living yeah. vicariously through his sister. That's so weird. fucked That's so up. Weird. Big John reveals there's going to be some drug testing and physicals happening. So uh, I thought we we're going to lose like three or four people Same. here. No one, no one gets kicked out. I think some of the men in particular, some of the gigantic men, I felt certain that they were going to get flashed up on their uh... like Jason. I thought, yeah, yeah. something there. Yeah, Jason's just got a broken spirit inside that motivates him to work out beyond reasonable doubt. So you know, he's got no drugs apparently. Everyone gets interviewed, and this is where the real thing comes, is because. This is now not about who do we think will be the best wrestler. It's who's going to be best for the show. Yeah. And they're getting interviewed by the MTV people. It's just like sit down interviews. And they're just say, look, be yourself. Because that's what they're interested in. And that's how we're going to decide who's going to be here and who's not. And somehow in these interviews, someone like ODB, who's like really fucking interesting and is unique. She gets cut. But Josh Matthews, who talks about how many times he has a wank in a day. He's kept in. So, all right. <laughs> 
what? This is the most MTV thing ever. You cook to this little man just saying, oh yeah, maybe four times a day. What? Check out Tom Green over here. Huh? Oh. Hey, wouldn't you like to see a show where Josh Matthews sends angry tweets and annoys his parents and really riles them up? <laughs> Maven says that he used to be a player. Oh, you old scoundrel, you. Someone went to clown school. Uh, someone has formal clowning there. Uh, out of the three of us, I'm the only one who has any formal clowning, just in case anyone was wondering. I have a, a semi-formal clowning background. So, Nidia reveals that she was a lap dancer at one point as well. And all this brings us down to her eight men and five women. Dunn says that Maven reminds him of Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle? Kurt Angle. What the fuck? That's fucking huge. It's, it's also completely wrong. Do you what bring- Kurt Angle qualities has Maven got? Not a wrestler. He's, no. he's charming, he's got a look. You could say that about You say a he's lot got a look, he's got big eyebrows, that's his look. That's true. He's got two little moustaches on the top of his head. I don't want. Why Kurt Angle? Don is weird because you know he's got like favourites apparently. And a lot of inexplicable pushes are people who stayed around for years are apparently because Dunn loves them. You know the way like Alicia Fox inexplicably like, even though everyone from her kind of group of divas or were all being you know fired left and right and none of them had a shelf life Alicia Fox apparently is like one of Kevin Dunn's absolute favourite wrestlers because he, he loves her like crazy character that she does and like I think apparently as a result of that she's like missed uh, the cut a number of times mm. so like he's a powerful man I guess yeah. then to the day of the final cut Stephanie McMahon comes out and announces the names so for the men, we've got Maven, Josh, Chris, Daryl, Jason, Shadrick, Chris, number two, and Tom. On the women's side, we've got Nydia, Victoria, Taylor, Bobby Joe, and Paulina. She calls them all the future of the WWF. <laughs> Get a travel montage. A week later, everyone's doing laundry, getting ready, going to the house. It's known simply as the house. It's Fucking gross. I'm used to seeing things like The Apprentice where it's yeah. like, oh, you're going to be staying in a fucking lovely house in London. Like, no, this is disgusting. Bright blue walls, orange carpets. <laughs> the, the kitchen has got the lowest ceiling in the world. Anytime Jason's in there, he has to like, lean over. It's awful. And uh, they had to get a big promo by Big John. He's like, this house has a lot of history. You will respect this house. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys weren't respecting the house then. That house was used in the Underground Railroad. Yeah. Respect the house, man. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why have we picked a house that was used as an underground railroad safe house? Why are we telling us that as well? Yeah. Why does it? What's it got to do with wrestling? It, see, I reckon to me they were probably obliged to say that by whoever leased them the house. <laughs> the oh, that's a good. That's yeah. yeah, That's probably a good one actually. Yeah. But why go for that house? Why did you pick a house that's got like a very like strong history and is you know a little bit of a touchy subject to say the least? Is that in case someone like I don't know does a wee on the beds or something like that or like you know goes mad? They'll be like, you didn't respect the house. You're out of here. Yeah, yeah. you're fired. You put up a Goldberg poster. <laughs> Disrespecting the fucking house. Big John arrives in a big Hummer. Everyone is here except Tom. Tom backed out. Mm. Did he? Remember we talked about them drug tests? Yeah. I wonder now. I wonder indeed. Greg is here instead. Greg, who was a bit of an all-rounder, big fucking dude, handsome, you know, yeah. sexy for a man. Whatever. I was surprised he didn't get into the final cut. Yeah, yeah. a real WWF look. They've got nine weeks. Their cuts are going to be based on mental and physical tests as well as their overall progress. So, interesting to see if that's how we're going to go on going forward. That's how cuts are going to be made. That's episode one of Tough Enough. Let's move on in to episode two. When I see my fantasy and living, 
Episode 2, and it's the night before training. None of them are ready for what they're going to do. No. Not close. They have no idea. Nowinski has a bit. Like, he's kind of loads it's the calm before the storm. People are like, so tomorrow we're going to be running and doing some drills and learning how to wrestle. Like, oh, that'll be fun. How long will it take, like, it'll take us to lunch, I guess? We have an early, uh, early day tomorrow, you reckon? That Taz seems like a sweetheart. I reckon he's <laughs> Daryl says that the contract is his to lose. Also, he got a cold from a baby on the plane. He fucking keeps going on about this baby. He's not got a cold. He's not got a cold. I'm sorry, but like, I, you're totally lying. Like, I can see straight away there that that man has not got a cold. He's just shit. He's trying to make an excuse for himself. Oh, I just got one of those colds where you never sneeze or cough. Fine, sure. You like. just have to lie on a sofa all day. Looking kind of sad, like, yeah. You're not got cold. You're just, like, not up for it at the moment. You're not feeling like it's it's going to be a fun thing. I get that. It's not cold, though, is it? Bobby Joe seems like she is torn between hating this and regretting this. <laughs> she don't like her brother so much no more. XL John Gaborik arrives with an XFL top and sweatpants on. This is long after the XFL's dead and buried, right? It wouldn't have been when they filmed it. Uh, it would have been funny, though, if he arrived there and they did blur it all out. <laughs> like, you know. I'm pretty sure in June at this point, it's all been sold off. Like, So maybe it's not a Heyman thing where it's like in bankruptcy court now <laughs> or something like that. They arrive at the Trax facility, which is near the offices in Stamford. It basically rings. Um, it was just kind of a local area a local gym that they would use for people who are at the office so i think like stephanie and shane for instance would have done mm. a lot of work mm. at tracks learning how to wrestle or guys who are going to be fast track like people like the rock or kurt angle would have been brought in there for a lot of kind of personal or one-to-one or kind of let's get good real quick so uh, yeah a horrible looking place though yeah. oh, awful looks like the place from glow on um, the netflix <laughs> is it something by wwf this facility or is it a, a sort of a third party place as far as i know they either own it or lease it like but they was, refer to it as theirs like yeah i was trying to look into it because it looked to me like it was i guess the what they had before the performance center like yeah. the only sort of local gym they had but i couldn't find anything about it on the internet we well, see before like it was the closest thing they had in that it was just like a facility that they used but it wasn't like there was permanent staff there and like yeah. i think it was just like a place that they could it's go empty, to it's an empty building with a ring in it they'll, they'll, yeah they have a key to but occasionally open up like so 2001 their training like their main training places would have been ovw and also heartland wrestling association hwa like so right. those those you're talking like texas and ohio so like far far away so I think this is just to have some rings close to home, like. So it's not like the power plant or anything. It's no. just a place to work out. Yeah, no, there's not gonna be no Mark Marin showing up here teaching people how to wrestle. Like, <laughs> sorry. Tori is here as well mm-hmm. with Al Snow and Jackie. Tori talks a really important thing here. It's like about trust in wrestling. You're not just putting your body on the line, but you're being given someone else's body. You're gonna have to learn how to respect that. And then it's on to drills. I had a mate who was a wrestler who told me that the number one thing when he's, he's trained a lot of people to wrestle and he said, you can tell on the first bump, like he says, the first bump that they take in their first day of training, you will know if they can make it or not. And he says, there's never been an occasion where someone has taken that first bump and they went, oh God, that's fucking awful. And then they, or they fuck it up and they can't do it. Those people never go on to, yeah. to become wrestlers or competent wrestlers. So it's very interesting to watch everyone's first flat back bump. And Al gives the prefix that this will hurt a lot. 
this was eye-opening for me as a kid. Mm. Like, how sore it is just to go bam over and over again. You think about the likes of, say, Jericho, and, like, in a standard match, it would be, like, taking five of these in a row after being wrestling for 20 minutes. It fucking sucks. Some of the bumps these people take are horrendous. Chief among which... Victoria. Oh, she man. just so, somehow manages to just pile drive herself every time. <laughs> she is. She just won't tuck her chin. No. It's like, keep your chin tucked or keep it here. Okay. And it's like her head just goes straight yeah. back every single time. And she's coming from up high as well because she's slightly taller, Victoria. She's going down. Her head's just back all the weight of her body. But yeah, it's horrible. They just keep making her doing it over and over again. And then we get some great 2001 footage. Should we get you like a crash helmet? I kept smashing my head. No matter how hard I was trying, I couldn't get it. You okay? Fuck it again. When I can't do things, it's so frustrating. You'll get it. Don't worry. Tomorrow it'll it'll all come together. That or you'll be a vegetable. Hey, it'll all come together, Victoria. Either that or you'll become a vegetable. Jesus. I became a vegetable because Al Snow sucks at this. Chris Nowinski, total pro, taking bumps like a champ. Yeah. He actually gets given out to you because he starts like talking to people saying this thing. Like, oh, don't, don't improve other people. Yeah. We have to see some people fuck up, otherwise it'll be boring. They all head to the gym at WWF HQ. Big John's got a big routine for him. And Jason's like, I'll do your little routine, but I'm going to do my own routine as well. Is it like a rib to have Big John be like telling all these people like, he's aiming to stay in shape and all that. Like it's literally, the, you know, it, it seems a bit coming out of left field for him to be there telling people to do all these reps and all this stuff. No, I think it's literally just like, you've got to take orders. I don't, I don't even think the workout itself that they're prescribing them is particularly what they're getting at here. I think it's more just like, we want to see that you are going to do as you're told. Right, I know yeah. that you, you're in great shape. You've obviously got your own routine. I want to know that I'm going to tell you what to do and you're going to do it. Mm. Like, I think that's the point they're getting at here. Well, the point we can see here with Daryl is that he's not going to do fucking anything. Oh. Daryl is useless. He yeah. is such... He's the oldest as well. Yes. He's like a boy, like a little well, they child. Go into it. Someone says later on, but I can't believe like Daryl's the oldest person here and he's the most immature. Yeah. Like, they fucking hate Daryl. Yeah, everyone does a group resentment for Daryl right off the bat. Next morning, everyone is sore. Ibuprofen is tossed around like sugar-coated candy. I'll tell you though, sugar-coated ibuprofen. Oh, it's a nice treat, isn't it? Huh? Having a little headache, nice little treat. Sugar-coated. Oh, go on, give me the sugar-coated ibuprofen. <laughs> I've been good today. Daryl is still selling the cold like it's a fucking Undertaker comeback move, for fuck's sake. Lock-up training today, and Al just basically gives him the worst advice. It's like, okay, so you got to, you know, lock up. Make it look good. <laughs> right. Good teacher. And then Tori tells Chris off because he's like just showing Jason the Kowalski way, which they say is not the way we do things. Mm. But it is because it it's is. the Kowalski way. It's the way that they just is, don't, yeah. They just don't want Chris to show people how to do stuff. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's not about his method. It's about the, the fact that he's doing it. Right? I think, yeah, they told him at the start, it's like, you've got trained, but like you have to like wipe the state. You have to go from the start. You've been trained from the ground up. Even though, I think the exact lockup that he's doing, I remember watching on Breaking Ground, William Regal spending ages, you know, talking to people about, this oh, is yeah. how you lock up, you do it this way, and it's that exact way that Chris mm. is doing in here. So they're just being fucking dicks for no reason. Oh boy, some more bumps coming up. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I literally just remembered Regal on Breaking Ground. <laughs> Step forward with your left foot. Okay, obviously people don't want to listen to me today. 
No, back again. Step foot, does everybody, I think I speak plain English, does everybody understand what your left foot is? Yes, sir. Step forward with your left foot. How many times do you have to be told this? God, I'm not asking you to drop on your head, I'm asking you to step forward with your left foot. Okay, you can jiggle about, but you can't get in, step forward with your left foot. Is, is there something that I'm missing here? I'm serious, um, is there something I'm missing that you can waste your time jiggling about, but you cannot step forward with your left foot and you throw your, left, your right foot backwards when I've told you not to? About 10 times now. Please tell me what I'm missing here. Sorry. Is it me that's intellectually malnourished here or is everybody else? Well, he's, he's, he's doing his little stance. He's annoyed that no one can stand up and do his little stance. Like. Am I not speaking bloody English? Step forward with your left foot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I forgot. I never thought about that yet. I'd say the of him saying that to Baron Corbin like over and 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 over. After time 100, he does it wrong. Yeah, it's Baron. It's going to get in there. More bumps. Victoria kills herself some more. She couldn't stand and is dizzy and also she should be scared at this point, I think. Well, she is scared. She says that freaked me out that I would like fuck myself up that easily. What does she have to do to herself before they take her away? Mm. Like, is this whole thing about tough enough? It's like, hey, we're not going to say when to stop. You have to be like, you know, the person who makes that call. Yeah. I don't even think she knows she's on this fucking show anymore. It's horrid. Steph is really, really nice here. Yeah. Mm. You never, ever, ever think you're going to say this. I'm going to say this right now. This is probably the nicest footage of Stephanie McMahon that has ever been broadcast on television. Mm. She takes Victoria to one side... She tells her not to worry. She went through the exact same thing um, because it seems like it's something so simple and you get it in your head and it makes this big thing and you focus on it too much and then you forget the basics and you get into this endless loop. And it's kind of like at this point, it's it's obvious that Victoria is not tough enough. No. But it's nice that Stephanie still took one moment to be like, look, it's okay you know, not everyone gets this. I think she just wanted someone to talk to after Maven was clearly hitting on her. Oh. <laughs> so Maven is like putting on the charm offensive yeah. here. The reason he's got those eyebrows, Billy, is so he can go, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Day three at tracks, doing flip bumps now. Oh. They're moving on quick, yeah, like, really. you know. This is day three. Yeah. Fucking hell. Still, though, better than uh, Vern Gagne's training that Ric Flair talked about in his book. Like his first few weeks of training, it's like they would go and they do 300 back bumps, then they would do 500 push-ups, 500 jumping jacks, do a five-mile run, then come back in, do 300 more back bumps, just over and over again in winter. Who is he? One Punch Man. (laughs) (laughs) Was One Punch Man trained by Vern Gagne as well? (laughs) Very possibly. Ah. So they've been told that tomorrow they're going to get the day off. All right. And they play some sexy saxophone music. They go to a restaurant and they all have painkillers. It really is unglamorous, isn't it? Yeah, really unglamorous. They're all sharing painkillers. Yeah. Like, then we get a really long sequence of, I can't remember who it is, is I think it, it might be Greg just asking for various types of healthy food. Oh, yeah. It, and they don't have it. It's like, I want a baked potato. Don't do that, sir. <laughs> He's like just listing all of this like high protein and like low fat food. I'm like, nope. Apologies, nope. sir. This is a sexy restaurant. Yes. We don't have anything healthy <laughs> here. We only have mooses. Oh no, the next morning, everyone is enjoying their nice little lion. It's tires! <laughs> he 
the, fear, the fear in their eyes when they, they hear the car driving up the gravel driveway. They should all look at and see Taz look like fucking piss and vinegar in his face. Like. I'm just saying Taz should have got a fucking you know, big loudspeaker yeah. and played his music. I'm going to be so mad when you... He rips down the Goldberg poster. Love it. To be fair, what fucking idiot hung up a Goldberg poster? They, they Jason. Actually... Jason is the idiot who hung up. Was it Jason? Because I don't remember yeah. him actually saying who it, was it was. Jason, it was yeah. Jason, yeah. And that's why Triple H goes after him later, is because of the Goldberg poster. So he got them all up. Cockcrow in the morning. I thought he's going to maybe. He gets them all out nice and early in the morning. Put on all these white clothes and wrestle in pig shit. French warfare. <laughs> he says we're going outside, and if you don't believe in God, you better start. Because Jesus. this is a monotheistic wrestling academy. And then he puts them in like all white, like they're in a cult. Yeah, yeah. it's very cult-like here. Someone hurts themselves, surprisingly, yeah. wrestling in the cold and fucking rocks and yeah. mud. Paulina like breaks a knee. Like, get a fucking pill and fill it full of mud if you have to have your yucks. The fact that it's like, no, it's too on the on the on the mud out here. There's sharp rocks. Yeah. There's they're bleeding. And it's like pig shit. And she's really nice as well. She's got a great attitude. She's like, you know, got a heart of gold. She wants to really give it a go, and she gets immediately fucked up. And we get this weird exclusive footage on the network. Okay, who else would have it? Like, so you know. Just five minutes of her being like, oh, that does hurt. Is that with Taz being nice? Yeah. And that's why it was cut from the original show. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see that. So uh, they're all told to clean their cuts. Oh. Get the antiseptic underneath your fingernails. Oh, Jesus Christ almighty. It's really horrible to see. They really didn't think that one through. It's just like... Should have just made them go out and run or something. If you want to be like a bully and do that, but mm. you just made them hurt themselves for no reason here. Mm. And also put them at risk of getting really fucking sick. Because yeah. pig shit does not mix well with human blood. Well, it'd be all right if you just get changed straight away and, you know, just get some warm clothes on again now and just keep, you know, get, sit get, down. Have a shower, like yeah. a hot shower. Clean it all off. Nope. Every fucking metal! Run! Death March! Taz on his little Hummer. <laughs> Daryl and Bobby Joe fucking suck at this point. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like they've been pushed to their breaking point. It's been they've been pushed to the point of them not giving a fuck anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't have the heart to continue this. Daryl kicks rocks like a fucking petulant child. Like kicks a sign as well. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Chad just screams at them, You ain't shit! It's encouraging. The episode ends with Victoria saying, I'm not sure I like this. Cut to black. That's it. Oh, man. Fucking hell. So, episode one and two managed to be upsetting in very different ways. Mm-hmm. Episode three, Diddly D. We open up on a montage of workouts and various complaints. Apart from Jason, because Jason's a fucking pro. Yeah. Oh, this boy, I feel so bad for him. He He's too nice. He's too he's a sweet summer child, Jason. He should mm. not be in this harsh fucking environment. They all arrive at tracks. I notice uh, when they're arriving and the doors are opening that they've added sound effects. What? Yeah, 3D Movie Maker. <laughs> and also... <laughs> they added sound effects to all the doors. That's really peculiar. Yeah, and also was like, hey guys, welcome to Tracks. Those bullies won't bother me now. <laughs> I'll show you my best move ever. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be mean and lean. <laughs> so they're instructed to look forward, eyes front, don't look behind you. It's like, ooh, who's going to be here? Watch Josh throughout this whole thing. 
because jo- like Josh, like I think he somehow senses it's someone big and can't resist. He sort of just like looks slightly to side. He's got the biggest, goofiest smile yeah. on his face. Everyone else is being like stern faced, and Josh is like marking out big time. Bobby Joe's like, who's that? Yeah, yeah. Bobby Joe, just think about this. Bobby Joe wouldn't have the capacity to answer Alicia Fox versus Melina to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Like she's sub Cameron levels of fandom right here. She's not even the bomb dot com. So Triple H arrives. How you guys doing? Who's sure? Yeah. Been hard so far. Big man in the back, you taking the bumps tough? You been hurt? Big f***ing deal. Everybody get in the ring. Take a bump. Flat back. Just for further notice, one of your nuts is hanging out of your shorts. You got a big hole. It's <clears throat> the difference between that bump and that bump. What's the difference? Intensity. What do we do in the ring? From the time we walk through the curtain to the time we walk back through the curtain. We tell a story, but we don't tell it with words. We tell it with our bodies. I'm waiting for this. This is such a look for him. The yeah. tight jeans, the short black shirt. He looks fucking pissed off. Adam, we've been obsessed with this following clip for many years. You showed me this years ago and you were like, oh, you, do you remember that needlessly intense bit on Tough Enough? And I was like, what? And you put this on and I have watched it at least once a month ever since. I'm obsessed with this bit. Triple H tune his little gun. What have you guys been doing? What have we been doing? Mud wrestling. Yeah. I ain't never done that. Just saying though, uh, he hog, has. Hog yeah, hog pen match. Yeah, hog pen match. You <laughs> fucking have, mate. <laughs> Literally worse than they've done it. Yeah. Uh, big man, you taking the the bumps? You take the bumps out there? Yeah, I'm taking a big fucking deal. <laughs> Takes him into the ring to have some bumps. So he's a mixture between like, you know, you can talk to me, it's okay, you're a big fucking deal. Yeah. Oh, it's so intense. So he's scary. I wish it's that he, really scary. I wish he did this on TV, like, it's mm. like him kind of that quiet rage, but he always has to be so fucking mouthy and so yeah. long-winded. This is perfect. Takes him in the ring, you all start doing some bumps, you know, some good bumps be taken there. Daryl is brought in to take a big bump. Doesn't go so hot. No, one of his nuts hanging out of his shorts. big man (laughs) so what do we do when we get into the ring what are we doing we're telling a story with our bodies that's actually one of the most apt ways of describing wrestling Mm -hmm. ever so they start doing some punches and they've not learned how to do punches yet no 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 bit of training on this whatsoever so Triple H is like you there give me some punches bam 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 what's his beautiful way of complimenting us Good snap. <laughs> Who is this? I like using the phrase "good snap" with a, anytime I'm cooking. Like if I yeah. answer with chicken, saying "good snap." Yeah. Paul Hollywood when he's che- Paul Hollywood when he's checking out a cake or a biscuit on a British Bake Off. Yeah. It's good. Good snap. Good snap. What's the difference between a flatbread like that 
And I flap it like this. Am I hating you? I'm hating you? No, I'm not. Like, so yeah, he's fucking, he's so good, Triple H. Like he's, the way you see him just sell those punches and feed the guy yeah. the punches. And also as well, when he's doing the big punches on the dude, the guy knows to take the bump and yes. all that. That's like, Primo, you can straight away see here who's ready and who's... It's Jason, Greg, and Chris. Yeah. Yes. That being said, though, Jason struggles when he's selling because the Triple H's like, you still like that in the ring, I take you for real. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Triple H asks Bobby Joe if she likes wrestling. She goes, no, I'm not a fan. <laughs> he's literally like, what are you fucking doing what, what here? What can I do with that? It's the eye twitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. He starts putting words in Maven's mouth as well. He's like... You, why'd you do this? Why'd you join this competition? Maven's like, oh, you know, I just, for the business, for the work, for the, for the chicks, for the sex, for you get later. And Maven's just there like, no, that's not what I was going to say. I didn't know what I was going to say that. <laughs> Maven is like, I love the rest of them. I love the, just love the whole dang thing. He said like Barack Obama, like so presidential. <laughs> like, the whole folks. I like the whole thing. I like the wrestling. <laughs> it's because Steph told Hunter that he hit Yes, oh, absolutely. Oh my God, you're a genius, Billy. That's yes. absolutely what happened. This Maven kid, he kind of hit on me a little bit at the gym. And Hunter's like, well, put an end to that then. Yeah. It's one thing hitting on Jackie, but you hit on Stephanie. Like, <laughs> then it's, it's a whole other ball game. Triple H cuts what could be best described as a very sad and intense promo about life on the road, the pressure as a partner, as a parent. What makes you want to be a wrestler? Uh, something different for me. It's a challenge. I like a challenge. You a fan? Not a big fan. No? no? You just saw it on TV one day and thought I'd like to get my ass kicked for a living. How about you? Just a lot of the whole, the whole business, the athleticism, the, the pain, the fame, the glory. Want to get laid? Figure there's a lot of chicks, right? Follow the wrestling around. The way I see it is, 200 plus days a year, we are on the road. You got kids, they grow up, you're not there. Your wife, she's sitting home. What's she doing? Don't know. Your husband, he's home. What's he doing? Don't know. You get home, you've been gone, you're tired, you're beat up, you're not done, it just starts. Now you gotta be super husband, you gotta be super wife, you gotta be super dad, you gotta be super mom. It's not an easy life. Careers are short, careers are fast. I'm not that tough, I'm, not, I'm no tougher than anybody else in our business. But I respect our business. I love our business. I put my life on the line every day for our business and I gladly do it and I will continue to do it until I can do it no longer. You guys are all on the easy track and you have to earn respect in this business. It's not given to you, you earn it. You pay your dues and right now you guys are a mile ahead of where you should be paying dues. You guys have the greatest opportunity in the world, in my opinion, to be in the greatest business in the world. Do not f*** it up. Do not throw it away. Because if you do, you piss on every single person that has come before you. 
Every single person that has paid their dues, every single person that has busted their ass, every single old timer that's fairly crippled, that can't stand up, that can't walk, you piss on them. Every single person like Darren Drozdov, who's a friend of mine, that sits in a wheelchair and can't feel a damn thing from here down, you piss on them. You either want this or you don't. And if you don't want it, don't waste our fucking time. And this is Triple H before he's married and before he's, you know, a father. But I'm pretty sure at this point he's probably been around enough guys, and if you look through the people who he's had in yeah, his life yeah. and the click and stuff, that he knows. It takes us home. Yeah. Like, he knows you can't be no good husband, like, easily. Like, if you look at, like, the likes of Scott Hall and, you know, Shawn Michaels had fucking serious harsh times, like, and, you know, at this point in time, 2001, Shawn Michaels probably ain't father of the year, no doubt. And it's just like, he talks about, you know, you don't see them for so long, and then you finally get home, and you're beat up because you've been on the road for so long, but now you gotta be super mom, you gotta be super dad, you gotta be super husband, you gotta be super wife. Someone put a beat on that. Yeah, <laughs> for fuck's sake. That dude who does the drums, the promos, yeah. and he showed us, fucking, he doesn't want to rock, do Triple H right here if you're listening. Then we get my favorite moment to this. This is one which you can't, the clip of his promo is up on, on YouTube. This is exclusive footage, so I think it might only be on the network version yeah. or broadcast. This is so apt, so fucking apt. Particularly if you're someone who was wondering about that Goldberg return there recently, yeah. and also you know, Goldberg's shockingly bad history with WWE at times. He runs down that Goldberg poster like it fucking owes him money. Oh my god. And I can't argue with him at all no. on any of the reasons he gives for why he doesn't like Goldberg and why you, the guys here shouldn't like Goldberg. Two non Goldberg fans here then? I don't mind Goldberg. I think he's alright. I don't mind Goldberg, but I completely agree with his reasoning. Yeah. At this, in 2001, if you're especially at a WWF thing and you've got a Goldberg poster, what the fuck are you playing at? Not a role model for a, a wrestling for an a wrestler wrestling. training, yeah. So uh, six million dollars was the the price at the time. So obviously this was them heavy ball negotiating. Like this is what we think of you. You're fucking shit. I will say it's cool seeing Triple H saying stuff like this because WWF and WWE always do a good job of not mentioning the competition. Yeah. Just pretend they're yeah. not even aware of them. It's nice to see Triple H give a very thorough critique of Goldberg and it makes you realise, oh shit, they were really paying attention to the competition. They just yeah. kept dumb about it. Like, they had so much restraint. It's so funny to think that during the Attitude Era where they were so unrestrained about so many things that they managed to have so much restraint about yeah. probably for them in the business terms of things one of the most important things to shut up about. Like <laughs> Just seeing him say that made me like start thinking about, oh yeah, I bet him and Steph sit down and they talk about the latest TNA news and the shit that's going on over there. Like They know about this stuff. You just you take it for granted because mm. they don't talk about it. They know about it. The question is how much they care about it. Mm. And I'll say here for Triple H, agree or disagree about his comments here about Goldberg, I don't think it's like someone in his ears going, make sure you bury Goldberg or run down no, no. Goldberg. I do genuinely think that Triple H genuinely thinks that about Goldberg. Yeah. And if you watch this and then you watch his... His uh, feud with Goldberg in 2003, whenever it was, you can kind of see how that didn't work out for, for Big Bill. Like mm. He's like saying he can't have more than a five-minute match. He can't wrestle for more than three months at a time. He says he's got no heart. He's no guts. He abuses his position of power. He abuses his position of creativity, like getting to book matches if he doesn't like the finish and at the detriment of other wrestlers and the company. 
Oh, oh man. Like Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was all on board for all everything Triple H was saying here until he starts talking about this really weird thing here where he goes, unlike me though, I had to go out there, wrestle 45 minutes after Vince McMahon fell 35 feet, his big fat ass landed on my leg. I went out there and I wrestled for 45 minutes. When was that? Yeah, when did Vince fall on his leg? When did Vince ever wrestle for forty over 45 yeah. minutes? I mean, was that Armageddon? Because Vince takes a tumble on him in Armageddon. Does he? Ain't no fucking 35 feet. Yeah. Like, far from that. I'm talking about like a seventh of that at most. Maybe it was a hell of a house show. Maybe it was like <laughs> the best fucking house show ever. Like. Yeah, like, unfortunately, like they let it be booked by universe mode. Like, <laughs> What's on heat this week? Oh, it's Triple H versus Vince McMahon in a 60-minute Iron Man match. Falls count anywhere. Oh, goddammit, I better go put in a show for these people. He also talks about if you like someone like Goldberg, you're essentially pissing all over people like Droz. Yeah. Oh man, that is so on the fucking nose. Really? I think that's too far. Yes. Yeah. Darren Drozdov, who's a friend of mine who can't walk, who can't take a goddamn stand anymore. Like, yeah, didn't need to bring him into it. Did you notice Bobby Joe and Victoria, how they were stood beside each other? My eyes were on them the whole time. They kept looking at each other, kind of going, fuck who's, this. Who's this guy? Why is yeah. this, this guy's mean. Yeah. <laughs> who's this guy? Who's Goldberg? Who's Draws? They have no idea what's nah. going on. Oh, and I think the thing we should point out as well, Triple H, Hunter hates hunks. He's right in Jason's eyes the whole time. Mm-hmm. Jason's the one who hung up that poster and he's like, you're, you know, he's in his face going, you're not going to see your kids grow up. Your hero's a fucking piece of shit. You piss on me. You piss on them. Piss jugs flying around. Hot piss on the tip of my lips. <laughs> I'm pissed now. <laughs> he's saying it to Jason. Yes. And I honestly wonder if they were told let's get this big man out of here because yeah. he feels like Triple H is just zeroing in on this guy it's all for him he's not like that's not for Bobby Joe or Victoria no, no. or whoever it's for Jason it's not nice I don't know if Jason's got it in him J- J- Jason does not have it <laughs> we'll find out soon <laughs> I mean if your fucking feelings get hurt like that or you haven't considered hey you might not get to see your kids ball game like, yeah. I thought I could go home after a Raw <laughs> Daryl horses around as soon as Triple H leaves. Yeah, he grabs Victoria, who's still dizzy, and just puts mm-hmm. her in a headlock, which is not a nice thing to do. Yeah, did you hear his fucking justification? Because everyone is like, could you believe it? Right after Triple H was there, Daryl starts fooling around. It wasn't the time to do it. It's so disrespectful to Triple H and also to all of us when we're trying to you know, process what just happened. And he goes, I, I'm, I put Victoria in a headlock because I know her neck was sore from all the bumps. You're a fucking asshole, mate. What the fuck is that? Greg looks like he wants to punch him in the fucking face when when they're interviewing Greg outside. Maven's on the phone to a friend. Guess who was there? Guess who was there? No, Triple H. (laughs) (laughs) And then Nidia's on the phone. He's like, yeah, it was great. Gripple H was there. (laughs) (laughs) And Jason is just off in the corner broken oh god he's just there's loads of footage and like people start talking about like how like he doesn't really hang out with us he's kind of he doesn't rejoin really it there's like him like leaving the hot tub him just he eats on his own like there's like they're looking at him down the corridor he's just all the way off on his own it's just it's really sad because I think like there's it is a thing where people if you look like him 
I'm going to assume straight away, oh, you're a fucking hunk and therefore you're yep. charismatic, you're a, you're a party guy or you're fucking sure of yourself. You are comfortable in your own skin because you're mm. big. Yeah. And he's... He's very introverted. Yes. Yeah. If you've seen Pump and Iron, this lad like ticks so many of the boxes of like the broken muscle man. It's so fucking oh. sad to see. I really want to find out what happened to Jason because I feel like he got fucked over here yes, in a bad he way. Yes, he definitely did. Nidia and Christian Chris seem to be in love. This is weird. I don't like this. I did not like this. Warning. Awkward, horrible shit coming up here. I bet he's going to give her a commitment ring. Fucking Christian. (laughs) But they're like playing. They're they're being kind of cutesy. You know, they're listening to headphones together. Harmless enough at first. Horseplay. Yeah. It's very much that kind of, we both like each other, but we're both kind of nervous or mm. neither one wants to say hey I like you because they're like at the start of this competition they probably reckon it's not a good idea yeah oh everyone goes dancing and Bobby Joe dances up a storm when she starts she never stops this really like this was really strange so she's doing this narration about how much she loves dancing mm-hmm. and then they literally dub in from the first episode her saying I love having big breasts yeah that's literally she hasn't said that in this new piece of narration that's literally being dubbed in from two episodes ago it's pertinent Billy what do you mean it's Come not on. though this is where it fits in I started dancing when I was three LA tap Jazz. Dancing is probably one of my favourite things to do. I like having big breasts. <laughs> what? Put away. Just so fucking You know weird. what? After all the weird shit we've had with Tori Wilson promos, at least you can say, I love having firm breasts or something <laughs> like <Rocks> that. <laughs> I'm made of cast iron. <laughs> dum, dum. My body's 23% titanium. Dum. Victoria fucking hates Bobby Joe. It's just shite looking night out. Like yeah. someone's dancing. There's awkward people who kind of like each other. Most people are sore and miserable, and Jason is sad. And Greg doesn't like her either because he was cut. Yeah, he was cut, and then only got here because Tom didn't want to yeah. get through, and then she got through straight away. Uh, do you ever see the thing that Charlie Brooker did for Screen Wipe about how they put together reality shows? The how the producers, mm, it's yeah. like the cast and producers will pick people where it's like. We're going to pick this person and the sole reason they're there is to antagonize some of these other people mm-hmm. because if this antagonistic person wasn't here, like they reckon if Bobby Joe's not here, Victoria is not going to have, you know, much of a character yeah. on here because we just want her to be here for someone else to hate. It's like, and the, those people don't know that. It's one thing if everyone's kind of in on it, but they're literally manipulating these people mm-hmm. into fights. <laughs> Jason's on the phone to his mom. He admits that he has started packing his bags. Oh. And now it's time for the most awkward flirting in the history of awkward flirting. When I saw Chris, you know, I thought, hey, he looks like he's in a boy band, and I'm a big NSYNC fan, you know, so I was like, hey, he's pretty cute. Feed investigation. Oh. I'm Pisces, I roll the feed, did you know that? I'm a very moody person. I can turn the switch just like that. What is your deal with making me go under? I don't want to go under. Okay, I'll do it on my own. He kept persisting and persisting, and I knew he wasn't going to stop. He didn't respect me when I said no, and I told him no quite a bit. 
get too close to me. If you're a girl, you need to back off a little bit. I'm gonna have to distance myself from him a bit, just so he knows that I don't, I don't like those. Oh <sighs> God, this was like a kiss, and then someone saying thank you, shy, short of it being the most awkward fucking yeah. shit ever. Oh my God! So they start play fighting, and play wrestling. And he keeps trying to... They're in the fucking hot tub and he keeps trying to put her head under the water. Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, why is he trying to do that? Funny, isn't it? But, like, she, she's, like... She's a fucking saint, Nita, because she keeps, like, putting his hand away kind of going, no, I don't... I don't want to go underneath there. Yeah. And she's, like... She says to the camera, like, I, I didn't want to have my head stuck underneath there because no one likes that, let alone in a regular pool in a fucking hot tub where it's bubbles and jet streams and fucking people have been, you know, simmering in there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have my head shoved underneath there, let alone the fact that she's got her hair fucking all done up and he's, like, trying to stick it underneath like in the 30 Rock Liz's shit boyfriend rubbing her hair all the time. <laughs> so she's, like, please, look, I'll do it myself self just to fucking leave me alone so she's about to put her head under and he just puts his hand over anyway why is it that this man's instinct is to drown the woman he's attracted to oh i'll tell you he actually explains because we get a little uh, interview with her saying i said no multiple times and he didn't respect me when i said no that's alarming already and then chris in response to that it cuts to him and he goes if you're a girl and you get too close to me you're gonna want to back up that's it's like another, like, I could say again, Dennis Reynolds. Yeah. yeah There's legit. so many Dennis Reynolds yeah. in this. Scary. Scary man. Nidia's quote is, he didn't respect me when I said no, and I said no a lot. Oh, my... F- and you know what's worse about all this? Like, we're describing a very creepy scene here. The producers of MTV didn't see it that way because nope. there's sexy music mm-hmm. the whole time. He really tried to hurt like, me. It's hard to get, am I right? Oh man! Sometimes you gotta really try to drown a woman, am I right, guys? And then like there's a long shot of him just sat in the jacuzzi, just like staring out into the void, like <laughs> my plan is complete. <laughs> He's fucking horrible. I intimidated all the women <laughs> with, with his cold, dead eyes that make it look like he should be hunted by Richard Dreyfus. Like <laughs> he's so scary. I don't like him. I don't like him. I want Jason to beat him up. Yeah. And then everyone to love Jason for doing it. To be like, and then Jason like holds everyone up in his big arms and everyone just feels safe. Oh God. The one all right thing, I guess, to get back at him a little bit is later on, Nidia's like lying on the couch and she's lying on top of um, Chris Nowinski and he's playing with her hair and she's like, oh, this is great. Much better than that fucking dickhead. And he's literally sat over there like, oh, what did I do? What did I do wrong? And then he goes, uh, I don't know, man. There's tension. Fuck off. Fuck off. Like, I didn't know. It's just, I tried to drown her. I said, so what? Like, I thought she was a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was amphibious for the last time. <laughs> Jason tells large John Gaborik he needs to chat. I don't want to be a wrestler. Oh. Guess he's not tough enough. Like the thing is, like I I feel for him because he obviously he doesn't want to be put in a position with that. But he's talking about hypothetical children, a hypothetical wife in a relationship he's been in for was it five months? Yeah, three months, three months, three, three, three. three, It's a pretty new relationship. It's the first time he's ever been in love, though. You say, yeah. It's probably his first ever relationship. Then I'm assuming. But I just like I feel, I feel like he is like. I mean, the heart wants what the heart wants, but I feel like he is throwing it away a little mm. bit. 
for just for a hypothetical life. Yeah, it's because I mean, I I I mean, call me call me old fashioned, but I think at three months in, I don't think you can be like, hey, I can't wait for my kids with you and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, traditionally, I'd find that quite oh, I don't know, monstrously scary. <laughs> yeah. I agree, but I also you got to remember the guy seems very introverted, and the day before he had Triple H doing a big fucking ten minute promo yeah. on like, this is why you're not going to make it. You specifically, you're not going to last. Someone like, read his mind. It's so. basically like the MTV people are like, this guy's close to breaking. So like, if, if you want to break him. He might cry. Like, I think they wanted him to Good cry. TV. Yeah, yeah. He didn't. big man crying. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, he's not tough enough. Look at the big man crying. His mm-hmm. fucking eyes out. Fucking horrible. That is literally the only reason they've done that. That's so fucking horrible. At tracks, Al removes his chair, brings it over. He's gonna call it the graveyard. The chairs get put there. Ends in the graphic noting Triple H's injury in two thousand one. So it's kind of like you know. This ain't ballet. Yeah. I will say, before the next episode starts, more people leave. Wow, but in between episodes? Yep. Damn. So, people drop like flies in this. Mm. So, I wonder if they almost went, they came out a bit too hard, because they oh, maybe someone will drop out, but it's like a fuckload of people drop out. Like. <laughs> Two people so, who, who's, who's gone by the next one, then? We, I don't know. Whoa. Do you guys want to review more Tough Enough? I think I would I like to. I think I would like to. I think we should review every episode of every season. I mean, are we tough enough for the challenge? <laughs> you're, you're bally well right we're bloody tough enough that we're tough enough for this. I, I don't want Gripple H in my face, is the only <laughs> thing. I'll be honest, the one reason I want to keep watching this as I want to watch that guy Chris get embarrassed humiliated I want him to fucking shit his pants I want him to shit his pants in the ring I want to look at him and laugh at him which, and then something to drain him which season is it where the guy beats up Kurt Angle oh that's season 4 that's season yeah. 4 like, yeah, yeah. I, I want to get all the way up to that I want to see Kurt Angle <laughs> get beaten up oh god I want to see how Don Marie have a kissing contest with them as well like okay. We might as well throw the diva search in there as well at some point on this run of bonus episodes. These do kind of bleed into each other, but I will say, in terms of a reality show and something that does a lot of things you don't expect WWE ever to do in terms of telling you about the fucking mechanics of wrestling and, like, really exposing the difficulty and the harsh reality of it, and also, uh, you know, Triple H and Al and all these people talking about things and Taz talking about stuff that you assumed WWE would never talk about. This is, like, for 2001, the most like they've ever pulled back the curtain mm. some people said it was too much like there was a lot of controversy at the time that you're giving away the secrets of the business they're already out there if you want to find them you could find them at this point in time like. it's a little thing called secrets of pro wrestling exposed yeah it's a stunt granny <laughs> <laughs> she's a part of the show so <laughs> I think I've decided we will do more tough enough then mm. we might alternate some bonus episodes between our upcoming invasion episodes but our next episode is going to be SummerSlam 2001 where we're going to have Steve Austin and Kurt Angle for the WF Championship I'm very excited because I'm watching the Raws and Smackdown's in between and it's managing to change massively again and again and again <laughs> as always if you are listening on iTunes SoundCloud or on Stitcher make sure you leave us a rating or review go back and check out the other episodes season 1 all of the original run of the Attitude Era from 98 to 2001 season 2 The Rock's return when he came back at Wrestlemania 27 and of course season 3 with the invasion and a bevy of bonus episodes make sure you're following us on Twitter at AE Podcast send us a tweet what do you like about this episode what bonus episodes do you like us to do in the future let us know 
And if you go to our Facebook page, you will also find there lots of video clips from our previous episodes. Maybe you've thought about checking out SmackDown Crawl, but you're not quite sure. Go to our Facebook page. There's a fuck ton of clips from SmackDown Crawl on there. Some of the best moments. If you think there's any moments from this episode that make a good video, find me on Twitter, at Biblops, and let me know. And if you're a fine purveyor of stuff and things, head on over to MatthewsBotchamania.com. Stuff. Things. Majesty. <laughs> I like Majesty. That's good. It's got a certain grandeur to it. You want to support the Attitude podcast? Help episodes get made and come out quicker, as well as get access to some juicy bonus content for your various senses, but mostly your ears? Head over to patreon.com forward slash podcast, become our backer, and get access to some amazing rewards. By becoming a $1 backer, you get access to all of our show notes. A $5 backing gets you the Smackdown Crawl. Two new episodes go up every month. Every episode is between an hour and an hour and a half long. Adam and I are reviewing all of SmackDown. And as Adam mentioned, you want to get a little bit of a taste of that, you can check out our videos on Facebook. Or as always, there is a Fury episode up on the main timeline. Episode 12 is available for everyone to check out. Get a little taste of the SmackDown crawl. For $10, you get our Q&A every month with myself, a new Q&A episode where I discuss everything that's happening in the world of the ATR podcast. And a $20 backing gets you the Dan Severn tier where you get access to all of our commentary tracks past, present, and future for free. But for now, it's going to be a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. We'll see you at SummerSlam. Hope you enjoyed some Tough Enough. And we'll see you next time as Season 3 rolls on of the Attitude Era podcast. <laughs>